When I was a kid, we used to vacation to the Black Hills, which, for those of you who are not from the Midwest, is this really beautiful area in western South Dakota. And uh, for a kid who loves to explore and to climb and to play, it's a, it, it was a great place to go. And we would go there every year. And one year, we went spelunking. And if you don't know what spelunking is, uh, essentially, you go exploring caves. All right? And so you get fit up with the climbing gear and the harness, get a bunch of rope, put on a hard hat and uh, a headlamp. And then you and some guides who hopefully know that cave well, will begin to traverse down into that cave. And the cave that we went to on that particular day was one that was way underground. And so we actually hopped in an elevator, uh, went more than 100 feet under the surface of the earth, and that was our starting point. And then with our guides and our gear, we began to traverse deeper and deeper down into this cave. And there were times when we would rappel down certain areas and other places you had to climb and um, times when we would be in this underground kind of river going through it and, and making our way deeper and deeper into what felt like the center of the earth. And I remember about an hour in, I suddenly became aware of just how far from help we were, you know, like if anything was going to go wrong, uh, we were a long ways from having any kind of help. And shortly thereafter, we found our way into this big open room. And we got situated. Our guides had us sit down. Uh, they asked us to shut off our headlamps. And then they did a countdown. And they counted down to zero. And at zero, they cut out their headlamps. And it was completely dark. And there's a moment of silence. Then some nervous laughter. And then complete silence. And I don't know how to describe it other than it felt like the darkest darkness I'd ever seen. Like it was blacker than black. Like you were, it was like you were in a black hole. Like, like the blackness and darkness could just swallow us in any given moment. And I remember as a kid in that moment, my imagination started to run. And I have the thought, what if all of a sudden none of our headlamps could turn back on? <laughs> you know, and, and I started to imagine what would happen in that scenario. And certainly in that scenario, I was convinced that we would all be dead. Like there's no way we could do everything we just did over the last, I don't know, hour and a half in the blind. You know, there's no, even if you had the route memorized, there's just, it was impossible. And so I remember this chill running up my spine and my adrenaline started to pump and this kind of fight or flight, you know, survival instinct that is in every, every one of us. And then in the moment, uh, one of our guides did something he didn't prepare us for. And he just, he flicked on a lighter. Like just a tiny little single flame. And in that moment, the, this giant room lit up. Like, the, it, like that little piece of light just cut through the darkness and it flickered off the walls. And you could immediately kind of get your bearings of where you were in the room and, and some of the elements in that space and the people sitting and standing around you. And I remember just feeling this rush of relief, you know, or peace. Because I knew in that moment, even if the only thing that we had was a lighter, like we could, we could find our way out of here. Like that, that little flame was enough. Now I use this 
kind of metaphor of, of light and dark on purpose because it's a metaphor that is used throughout the scriptures. And perhaps not surprisingly, when the Bible uses this metaphor of light uh, or a, as the light as a descriptor, it is, it is often referring to the person of Jesus. Jesus is called in the scriptures, the light of the world. And he calls himself this. Uh, his followers uh, who would come after him called him this. And we actually also have numerous prophecies that were written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus that also refer to him in this way. In Isaiah 60, we read this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over all the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now, this is a prophecy for Israel that would be fulfilled in the person of Jesus, that through Jesus, who is the true Israel, God's light now is breaking into the world. And for the first time since the fall, the darkness trembles. The darkness trembles because it no longer has the upper hand and the world is no longer helpless against it. All right, so in the beginning of John, which is where we began our Advent journey, right? We read that in the beginning was the Word, which is another name for Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God. We're told that everything was created for him and through him. And then in verse 4 and 5, we read this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, one of the joys of us getting to read this now is we get to read it 2,000 years later. And I think 2,000 years later, we can confidently say that not only has the darkness not overcome it, the darkness never stood a chance. Jesus, the light of the world, has touched every corner of the earth. I thought it would be maybe kind of neat and helpful just to, just to reflect on a few examples of what I mean. All right, first of all, Jesus gave the world the most influential movement it has ever seen, a movement that began with just one, right? Just a spark, just a single flame, and now includes an estimated 2.3 billion people around the world. All right, the light of Jesus, Jesus, the light of the world, has transformed the way we, we practice compassion, All right? So if you didn't know this, uh, in the ancient world, there were 1.4 million boys for every 1 million girls. And the primary reason for that is those 400,000 girls were either killed or left to die. That was common practice. That was reality. That was, that was the darkness that Jesus was born into. But then comes the light of the world and this movement of light bringers and this movement called the church comes along who remembers that their leader said things like, let the little children come to me. And they began to take in those babies and provide for them and care for them. 
And before long, this had such a huge impact that people began to drop off their babies that they didn't want, not out in barren places for them to die, but on the front steps of monasteries for them to live. And the monks and the churches and the followers of Jesus would take them in. And this was actually the beginning of orphanages. Well, what is that? Well, friends, that's, that's the light breaking in. Do you know that in the Roman world, widows were actually fined? They were fined for outliving their husbands because they're considered a drag on the economy. And this in a culture where women often, most often were not able to be educated. They certainly had no status as well. Uh, typically, they, they didn't have the means to, to uh, create wealth for themselves or provide for some, themselves. So these widows who were being fined by Rome just for being alive often struggled to survive. But then came this little group called the church who, taking their cue from Jesus, began to take these widows in and care for them. And it wasn't just widows. The way that Jesus viewed and treated women was so radical, it would transform and change a civilization and one day will yet change the world. Well, what is that? Well, that's the light breaking in. In the fourth century, the first hospital was started by a follower of Jesus named Benedict. By the sixth century, many monastic communities would commonly have hospitals attached to them to take care of the sick. Well, what is that? That's the light breaking in. Over time, this idea that we ought to have compassion on any human being who is suffering began to spread around the globe, so much so that by the Geneva Convention, an organization was begun to alleviate human suffering, and for their symbol, they chose a large cross on a flag known as the Red Cross. And whenever you and I hear of groups like the Salvation Army or World Vision or YMCA or the International Justice Mission, or Goodwill, or Easter Seals, or Habitat for Humanity, or Compassion International. When you go to hospitals and they have names like Good Shepherd, or Good Samaritan, or St. Elizabeth's, again, you see the touch and impact of Jesus. That's the light breaking in. Jesus transformed the way that we view and practice education. Right In the Greco-Roman world, Formal education was typically only available to male children in elite families. Education was rarely made available to women or to slaves. But then came this community, this movement called the church, and they remembered that they followed a man who taught everybody and whose last command, by the way, was charging them to do the same. And they began to teach everyone, men and women, slave and free. And then churches began to build schools, and then they began to build universities. Right up until the Civil War, 92% of all colleges and universities started in the U.S. were founded in the name of Jesus. What is that? Well, that's the light breaking in. From healthcare to education to history uh, to, to science to art to human rights Jesus and his movement of light bringers have impacted history and, and the present in a way that no other person or movement ever has. In John 8, 12, Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, what is that, friends? That's the light breaking in. And that light continues to break in, and it cannot be stopped. Even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, the light is breaking in, and it will continue to break in until God makes all things new and everything is covered and full and transformed by the light. At Christmas, we celebrate this light of God breaking through the darkness in the person of Jesus, this Jesus, the light of the world. Grace and peace, friends.